0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. Today, it's my great pleasure to let Bill We speak in our place. He spoke here in San Antonio a few weeks ago and shared a message that is a very, very powerful very encouraging, and something that we need to be actively doing as believers in Christ now more than ever. And so I'm going to turn this over to Bill, and uh, he's been here, and Annette has been great friends to me and Pastor Bear for several years, and we love them very, very much. You will thoroughly enjoy this message today. God bless you. Thank you, Apostle Theo. Well, it's great to be with you, family. And my wife and I look forward to being with you very soon in the future. So thank you all for listening. Today, my message is being led to win souls. Now, I know at this church, Christian family church, we all know how to be led by the Spirit because of the excellent teaching of Apostle Theo and Dr. Beth. Sometimes, though, when we share the word of God with people, we tend to um, be less reliant on the Holy Spirit and we fall back on the one-size-fits-all type of witnessing where we might just share an abundance of Scripture with people. But there's different ways to witness, and it's not always to share the Scripture. You know, we have really, it's so important to take a moment and just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because He might tell you exactly what to say, or not to say, or when to say it. You know, even when Jesus shared the way of salvation, uh, he used the law uh, against the proud, and he used uh, the um, grace to the humble. And so now on the other side of this coin, if you're a brand new Christian, you can witness. You don't have to know any scripture. Just your enthusiasm is more valuable than your knowledge. And I just want to share a quick story about that. There was a lady that came up to us at a meeting and she shared that she said, Bill, I just read your book and I got saved. So I went immediately to my neighbor and witnessed to her. This is the first day she saved. She says, I led her to the Lord. I was so excited. But the very next day, my neighbor was in a car accident and died. Now, two points about that. This one was only a one day old Christian, but she had the enthusiasm to witness. She didn't have any knowledge yet. But what if she wouldn't have gone? See, she was actually being led by the spirit by going because her neighbor died the very next day. So these stories I'm going to share with you are just so we can um, be more effective in witnessing. And that's what I want to share. So, you know, I'm going to share with this first story. I, um, I sold homes in a particular neighborhood and most of the people knew me. And I got a call one night from a woman who was an elderly woman. And I came over and she said, I want you to sell my home, but I don't want to hear none of this Bible stuff. She said, I'm an atheist. I do not want to hear the Bible, so don't preach to me. Now, normally we would respect her wishes, but something inside of me, the Holy Spirit said, tell her the full gospel message. Don't let her off the hook. So I said, you know, you probably never even heard the way of salvation. And she goes, I don't want to hear it. And I said, well, you're going to hear it now. And she goes, no, I'm not going to. I said, yes, you are. Sit down and you're going to listen. I just had this boldness. But she sat down to my surprise and listened, and I talked to her for about 10 minutes, and I shared with her the way of salvation. I told her how much Jesus loves her, and he doesn't want her to go to hell. He wants to take her to heaven. But it's her own words that will send her to hell. Well, after all I said to her, she just said, you know, get out of my house. She said, "Um, you Christians think you're better than the rest of us. That was her response. And the Holy Spirit brought something to my remembrance that I had read. And I said, you know, there were two men on a plane. The one man had a parachute. The other one didn't. But the plane was going to go down in the next five minutes. Now, the man with a parachute was no better than the man without. He was just better off. You're getting ready to jump into eternity without the parachute of Jesus. And your fall will be far worse than the man with the parachute because your pain and suffering will last for all eternity. You need to think about this. Your own words will send you to hell. She just said, get out. So I left. Well, two hours later, she was dead. Now you can see why the Holy Spirit was prompting me, encouraging me to be strong with her, not let her off the hook. That was God's goodness because he was trying to get through to her even up to the last minute. I'm sure through her whole life she had heard the gospel, but God was gracious to her that she could hear it up to the last. Now, whether she got saved, I don't know. I hope so, but you can see God's goodness and also how to be led by the Spirit. I was so glad I shared with her. Another story, I served on a homeowner's board with uh, a gentleman that was an elderly man and he was an arrogant, opinionated atheist. And he didn't like anybody and nobody liked him. But I got along with him pretty well. And he was a very bright man. He was an engineer. And so I thanked him all the time for his contribution to uh, what the the association needed. He knew all the rules and regulations and so forth. So over the years, this was a five-year period. I never witnessed to him. He knew I was a Christian. Well, one day I heard he was in a hospital. So I told my wife, you know, I've I've got to go right now. I was really busy with something, but I felt an urgency to go. So I went in. I walked around the corner, and a doctor was coming out of his room. And the doctor said, "You're going to see him?" And I said, "Yes." And he goes, "He's on his last breath. Just take a few minutes." So I went in. He was hooked up to tubes. He only weighed in 70 pounds, and I don't know what was wrong with him, but he could only whisper. And I talked to him. His name was Bill, also. And he was scared to death. He had this fear on his face. I said, Bill, what's wrong? And he said, he whispered to me, I almost died last night. He said, I was slipping out of my body. And I was going down this long tunnel. And it was getting hotter. And I saw demons. He said, I know I was heading for hell. I said, you know, Bill, you have a lot of knowledge. And I respect it. But this is one area where you haven't really studied. Do you want to hear how to stay out of that place? He said, please tell me. So I sat there for two hours and explained to him everything. He wanted, he was so hungry to hear the word because he got a glimpse of what hell was going to be like. And uh, at the end, he said, please pray with me that I could avoid this place and go to heaven. And he was in his right mind. He knew what he was doing. So I prayed with him. Now he had tears of joy. And even the wrinkles seemed to leave his face. And so I was holding his hand and he didn't want me to leave. I finally left. Well, about later that night, he died. So here's a couple points about that. What if I wouldn't have gone? You know, I was busy. But you know, when the Holy Spirit prompts us to go, we need to be obedient. Because listen to this verse. You know, Paul said in Acts twenty twenty six, I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Paul knew he had to witness. Uh, he witnessed to everybody he could. And Ezekiel 3, 18 says, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood I will acquire at your hand. That's a strong verse. In other words, God's saying, I hold you partially accountable for his blood. Now, that's not everybody, but when the Holy Spirit prompts you to go, we need to be obedient and go. And, um, you know, another, I just want to tell you this, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, stay in such a sensitive state that you receive the impression that the Holy Spirit desires to convey and are influenced by him at once. He said that in the book, The Soul Winner, page 62. He was one of the greatest soul winners of all times. So it's important, again, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, another time I was selling my home. This was before I was married. And two realtors came by and showed it. They left, and then one realtor called me back on the phone, and she says, Bill, I've got a full price offer for you for the terms we discussed. Will you take it? And I said, yeah, I'll take it. And so she says, I'm on my way. Five minutes later, the other realtor called and says, Bill, I have an all-cash offer, $10,000 more than the full price. Will you take it? I said, you know, that's tempting, but I just gave my word to the other realtor that I would take her offer. She's on her way here. She says, yeah, but you didn't sign anything. I said, I know, but I gave my word. Well, she was shocked about that. Well, 15 years later, I'm walking into a restaurant and she jumps up from a table. She's sitting with about 10 people eating dinner. And she goes, you're Bill Weese." And I said, yes. And she goes, I'm the one, the realtor, you turned down the offer. She says, you don't know that I was not a Christian then. And I went out that very night with my best friend who was a Christian. And we got talking and she said, you know, Christians keep their word. She goes, I said, you know, I was with a guy tonight that kept his word and lost $10,000 just to do that. She says, I just want you to know, Bill, I got saved that night. I accepted Jesus. I've been serving him all these years. Now, who would ever think that me taking $10,000 less would result in someone getting saved? You know, that's God. So we plant seed and people observe us. They watch our actions, what we do. Do we show up on time for work? Do we keep our word? Do we show love to people that are ugly to us? That's 90% of our witness, Charles Spurgeon said. So our example says a lot. But listen to these couple verses. Psalms 15, four and five says, he that swears to his own hurt shall never be moved. And then Psalms 49, eight and nine, this is the new, the, the, or the, the living Bible paraphrase translation. And it says, For a soul is far too precious to be ransomed by mere earthly wealth. There is not enough of it in all the earth to buy eternal life for just one soul to keep it out of hell. That's how valuable a person is to God. And so money, no comparison to the person's soul. Another situation I want to share with you is I sold homes in a particular neighborhood, and there was an elderly woman also that worked against me. And she was also an atheist and she didn't like Christians, but she especially didn't like me because I did most of the business. So she was jealous. So she actually considered me an enemy. Well, one day I found out her husband died. So I went by two weeks later and knocked on her door and I lived in the same neighborhood as her. So I said, you know, I'm just out in the neighborhood. I just want to see if you need anything. I know your husband's gone. I'm so sorry to hear. If you need anything, uh, just ask me. She goes, I don't need your help. And she slammed the door. Well, a couple weeks later, I was out in the neighborhood again, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, knock on her door again. So I did. This time, she just said, look, I told you I don't need anything. But she didn't slam the door. So I left. I waited a few more weeks, and again, I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go by again. This time, she said, well, I do have a heavy box in my trunk. Can you lift it out for me? So I did. I did. And I just left. Well, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to go by there every week. And this went on for seven years. And uh, now it wasn't convenient, but I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to do that. Well, after seven years, she said to me, Bill, why do you come by here every week to help me? I said, you know, you had a husband and now you don't. But God just wants to show you how much he loves you. And he can help you. He can be your husband. And I'm just here to show the love of God. Uh, to you. And a tear came to her eye. And this was a tough woman. And she said, you know, what, what is saved? How do I get saved? And she was sincere. So I explained to her the salvation message and I led her in a prayer and she actually wept and received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Now that took seven years to soften her heart. I didn't witness to her once. It was just my example showing her goodness and so forth then she said to me bill i'm getting too old for this two-story would you sell my house and find me a one story i said well you're in the business you're my competition and she said yeah but i've watched you everything you touch turns to gold you'll probably get more from my house than i could get and i said okay so i listed her house and sold it and then found her another home so god blessed me through the the seven years but the more important thing is she got saved and just listen to these couple verses Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, I wasn't her enemy, but she thought I was her enemy. She considered me an enemy. And then Romans 2, 4 says, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So that's one of the ways people get saved is showing God's goodness. Um... Another situation I want to share with you, because this is all, I believe, ways to help you see we have to be led by the Spirit, and it's always different. You have to really uh, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and everybody is different. They're at a different spot in life and so forth. We were on a plane traveling back, and there was a man sitting next to me, a young guy, and he was a high-tech guy, worked for one of these high-tech companies, and he was really bright. Well, we started up a conversation, so I started asking him all about technology and so forth, so he talked for about an hour. It was a long flight. And so after an hour, he finally said to me, Well, what do you do for a living? I said, Well, I speak. And he said, What do you speak on? I said on the Bible and I just left it. And he goes, Well, what do you speak about? And I said, I speak about who goes to heaven, and who goes to hell. And I left it. I went back to reading my book, like I was not interested. And he said, uh, a few minutes later, he said, Well, who does go to heaven and who does go to hell? I said, well, it's not like people think. They think if you're a good person, you'll make it to heaven. has nothing to do with that. And I left it again. So I did that because I knew he, this is a smart guy. If I start hitting him with the whole thing, he's going to turn off. I wanted him to draw it out of me. You know, remember, we're fishermen. And a fisherman has to be patient. He waits. And so as I would sit there and acted like I wasn't interested, he kept drawing it out of me. So for the next three hours, he asked me everything you can imagine. And, um, you know, so he didn't actually get saved, but I planted a lot of seed. And that's what some of us are. We're seed planters and uh, so forth. So that was a way to be uh, led by the Spirit, was being sensitive. Don't give it to him all at once. Let him draw it out. Now, uh, Matthew 10, 16 says, Be ye wise as serpents and gentle as doves. That's what God wants us to be like. Another situation. I was uh, at work with a guy. It was a friend of mine, and his name was Glenn, and he was a very bright guy, very successful. But he did not believe in God. He didn't want to hear it. He was not interested. And I talked to him for about five years, uh, on and off, just a little bit, just share with him. But he said, "I'm not interested, Bill. it's great for you, but you know, you're my friend. I don't. I'm not interested in any of that." Well, one day, I I just heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, "Bill." pray and fast seven days, do a seven day water fast for him. Well, I don't like fasting, but I said, okay. So I fasted for seven days. I went into work on the eighth day and that morning he came to work and he walked in the door and he had a startled look on his face. And I said, Glenn, what's the matter? He says, I got to sit down and tell you what happened last night. He said, I came home and I pulled in my garage and suddenly this bright light showed up. And it was Jesus. He said, I met Jesus. He said, I fell on my knees and I was weeping all night. Bill, I received Jesus last night. I'm a born again Christian. I said, you, you've been so tough against it. He said, when you meet Jesus, it's a different thing. And so this man got saved, but it was on the seventh night. The Lord told me to fast seven days. Now, 23 years go by and I get a call from him. And he says, Bill, I saw your book in the airport. Is that you, my friend Bill? And I go, Yeah. And he goes, Wow. He says, I just want you to know my entire family, all of us, my kids, we all go to church. We serve God because you led me to the Lord. And he said, I'm also involved in the fasting team on the church. I said, Really? That's interesting. So uh, I then finally told him what happened. And he said, why didn't you tell me you fasted for me? But, you know, I, I wasn't going to do that. But the point was, look how God used him and his whole family serving God and so forth. So fasting, that's something God told me to do. So again, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Another time, my wife and I were on the plane, and um, there was the seat next to me was vacant. And the lady just across in the exact same seat on the other side of the aisle, she comes over and she sits down. She goes, I want to change my seat. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And she goes, I don't know why I'm changing my seat. It's the exact same. Well, I already knew why. And the Lord wanted me to talk to her. Now, I was exhausted. I really didn't want to take the time. But I already knew that was a prompting. So we got talking. She happened to be in real estate. And she was the number one RE-MAX attorney, uh, realtor for the whole country. And I knew who she was. And um, we got talking about real estate and so forth. So for after a while, she said, well, where are you going? I said, well, actually, I'm traveling to speak at uh, Pastor Jensen's church, and um, why don't you come and hear me? She goes, you know what? I think I'll do that. Well, she came and brought two of her friends to church that Sunday, and they all came forward and got saved. So the point is, look what God will do if you're willing and obedient. You know, but I've said to the Lord before, use me, Lord, anytime I'm available. So God had her move. Now, if he knew I wasn't available, he wouldn't have had her move, you know? So you see how good God is. He wants everybody to get saved. And, um, you know, he's just so gracious. I want to share a couple more stories. You know, there was, um, we went to New Jersey. And at the end of the service, I was in the back meeting people. And this two ladies come up. And they said, Bill, uh, This is my best friend. I got to tell you what happened. She said, she called me last night, and she said, I'm going to commit suicide. I'm done. And she goes, I knew she was telling the truth because she's been talking about committing suicide for a year, but she has been fed up. She's just been through a lot of difficult things. Now, she was only in her 30s, a nice-looking woman, and she was standing there weeping. And she said, I said to her, the friend said to her, don't kill yourself. Come over to my house first. Please come over and see me first. So she came over and uh, she said, look, before you kill yourself, I want you to read this guy's book. And she had my book, 23 Minutes in Hell. And so the lady agreed to read it. So she sat down and read it. Well, while she was reading it, the phone rings and another friend called and said, hey, are you going to church tomorrow? And she goes, yeah, why? And she goes, because this guy, Bill Weiss, is coming to speak at our church. She says, you're kidding. He's coming to our church? And uh, And she said, Yes. So she hung up and said to her friend, reading a book, said, you can't kill yourself tonight. You got to come to church tomorrow because the guy you're reading the book, he's going to be at our church tomorrow. What's the chance of that? So anyway, she ended up coming to church. She went forward. She gave her heart to Jesus. And then she said to me, if you wouldn't have come here, I would have been in hell last night because I was determined I was going to kill myself. But I just want to thank you. And she was weeping hysterically. So I just want to stress a few points. She was going to commit suicide a year before, but God delayed her for a year in doing that until the night before we arrived. Then God had to have her call and tell her friend, I'm going to commit suicide. Then had to have her friend say, don't, come over, invite her over. Then had the other friend call and remind her that I'm going to be at her church. Then had to have her come to the church. See all the what God had to do, you know, to get her saved. That's how God wants everybody saved. He will go great lengths if you'll just pray for somebody. So that's an amazing story to me, what God would do. Now, another situation I'm just going to share is uh, there was another guy in our neighborhood who was another atheist, and he did not like Christians, but I got along with him fine. And um, even though he badmouthed me to a lot of people, But several years went by. I'd share with him a little bit here and there. And one day he came over and he says, Bill, I got to go away for a long trip. I want to give you the keys to my house, my passwords, everything to do with me. I said, but your sister lives right next door. Why wouldn't you give it to her? He goes, I don't trust her. I trust you. Now, he didn't even like me. He didn't like Christians. But see, my actions over the years caused him to have enough respect that he would trust me. So God is so good in that way that people are observing you. They're watching you. And I think I'll share another story since I have some time. uh, My neighbor was a really tough guy. He was a Marine. uh, Obnoxious, tough, hard man who did not want to ever hear anything about God. And I would talk to him occasionally, and we got along. One day I found out he was in a hospital. I talked to his wife. She was also a non-believer. And I said, look, can I go see your husband? My wife and I, can we go up and see him? And she says, yes, but don't talk to him about the Bible. He doesn't want to hear any of that stuff. I said, okay. So we went up right away. And when we got there, he was lying there on the bed and he grabbed my hand and he said, Bill, I've never been scared of anything in my life, but I almost died last night. He said, I was slipping out of my body. This is similar to the other guy. And he said, I know where I was heading. It was dark and I was terrified. I don't want to go to that place. How do I stay out? Please tell me how to stay out. And he was generally weeping with tears. I said, you need to repent and ask Jesus into your heart. Are you really willing to do that? Do you understand what that means? And I explained the whole thing about repentance and how much God loves him. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for his sins and rose from the dead. I explained all that. So he said, yes, I believe all that. I receive him. I I repent. I'm sorry for my sins. Please, Lord, take me to heaven. So we prayed with him. He genuinely said the prayer. And now again, he had tears of joy. And he did not want my wife and I to leave. We stayed and he just held my hand. He wouldn't let me go. When he finally left, well, I think it was about a week later that he died. So there's another situation where being obedient to God, you know, timing is really important. We need to really hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. When he says go, we go. I think that's crucial. So that's what I'm trying to stress through all this is being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We all learn that here, how to be led by the Spirit. But sometimes, again, we don't really rely on that. For witnessing, we just want to plow in with the scriptures. But everybody is different. We really need to be sensitive. And I think, um, oh, I don't know, I might save. I'm going to share with you one last story. You know, there was a, a, a man in my neighborhood that was a, a wealthy, arrogant man, and he wanted me to list his home. Well, I went to list it, and he began to say, you know, I don't believe you Christians. It's a crutch, and so forth, and uh, your God is a phony. And anyway, long story short, I witnessed to him for probably an hour, and I went against everything he said. You know, I thought, I probably won't get the listing after this, but it didn't matter. His soul was what was more important. And I came back against everything he came up with. I refuted with some knowledge in Scripture. Well, at the end, he said, you know, Bill, you almost persuaded me. Sounds like Paul with Agrippa, you know? And uh, I said, well, I would sure like to persuade, persuade you all the way. He says, well, I can see how persuasive you are. He says, I'm going to give you the listing in spite of what our differences, because if you have that kind of tenacity, you'll be able to sell my house, I believe. And so he listed the home with me. But during that time, I witnessed to him more and more, and he got closer and closer. He didn't get saved, but I planted a lot of seed. In Him, So, you know, the opportunity to share the word of God, it's exciting. You know, God's entrusted us with the gospel, and that's a privilege that we all have to share the truth with people. So we don't want to shy away from that. You know, the Lord said to me when I was coming back in this vision, he said, uh, many people of my people, he said, use excuses why they don't witness. They say, I didn't feel led. Now, we're talking about being led, but many times people... He said they fear man rather than fearing God. So many times we use that as an excuse that, oh, I didn't feel led. Uh, but we need to have a healthy reverential fear of Almighty God. And you know, also, if you would look up and see what the scriptures say about hell, study what Jesus said. When you understand how severe hell is, you will become more persuasive with men, as uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, 11, Paul said. Because see, when you see, I didn't you think, I didn't know hell was this bad. You'll think, I can't let my family go there. I can't let my friends go there. I've got to take more effort and, and witness and share. Maybe you'll pray and fast for them. You'll get on your knees and cry out to God, say, Lord, send laborers across our path. Please send people that they'll listen to. I cannot let my family go to hell, Lord. I'm standing on your word. You'll have that kind of tenacity when you understand how severe hell is. Also, You know, when you understand how severe hell is, you'll walk more in the fear of the Lord. You'll want to walk in holiness and circumspect before God. And listen to this verse. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.21, it exhorts us to cleanse ourselves so we will be a vessel for honor, useful for the master's work. So we're supposed to cleanse ourselves, walk in holiness, so we can be used. You know, God doesn't use dirty tools so he'll use you more the more committed you are to him, and the more you walk straight before God and walk in the fear of the Lord. And that means going to church, uh, you know, being faithful to go to church, tithing, and all the things God's asked us to do. If you be faithful and do that, you'll be used more. And and what better thing is it to be used by God? You know, Matthew nine thirty seven, Jesus said, "The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few." Are you willing to be one of the labors? Would you say to God, Lord, use me. I'm available. Please, Lord, use me. You know, Proverbs 1130 says, he that wins souls is wise. The question I have for you is, will you be one of the wise ones? Now, for those of you that have been listening, if you don't know this Jesus, you can get to know him right now. And please don't put this off because you don't know that you'll have tomorrow. But you know, Revelation 20, 15 says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God has a book and he's gonna to look to see if your name is in it. If you want that assurance, you can have that right now by just saying this prayer. And this is gonna come from your heart. And it's not just fitting Jesus in your life. You're committing your life to him. You're asking forgiveness for your sins and turning to God. So say this prayer. Say, dear God in heaven, I know that I've sinned and I cannot save myself. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he was crucified, died and was buried, but rose again and lives forevermore. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry, I repent. I turn to you, God. Come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, thank you for taking me to heaven. And I now confess, I'm a born again Christian and I will serve you all the days of my life in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, go tell somebody what you've done. You know, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father in heaven. God bless you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.